Welcome to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. Today we'll have special guest Arlene S. Spice. And believe me, you don't want to miss this. Arlene S. Spice, author, speaker, educator, and editor of what it is to be a woman in anthology is a member of TAP, IWWG, and founding member of Warren Artist Market. She lives in South Hill, Virginia. Welcome to Arlene Bice. Welcome, Arlene, to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. I really appreciate you coming on today. And I am just in awe of you because you are so talented. I, I You have so many things that you've done. It's poetry, it's essays, it's writing books of history. Um, uh, I've, your, your whole walk of life has just been a whole memoir in writing, I would say. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with writing? Yes. First of all, thank you for, I'm delighted to be here. I've always, I've wanted to, like you've heard so many times before, I've wanted to be a writer since I was in third grade. And I think that was also the time that sparked my love of genealogy and trying to find out who my family was because there was no one around except my mother after I was born. But the writing, I tried over the years to connect and take classes and I wanted to write so badly, but there was always something that blocked my way. And I just couldn't climb over those hurdles until I was nearly 50. And then the, the opportunity walked into the door and laid it right in my lap. I owned a, uh, an indie bookshop at the time for new used and rare books. And a fellow came in to sell me a history book on the town that was just south of Bordentown, where I lived in New Jersey. And I remarked, we're the town that have the history. You know, somebody should write a book about Bordentown. And he said, if you like, I'll submit a proposal for you. And that started the whole thing. Uh, I learned how to put a book together through Arcadia Publishing. They publish a lot of uh, small towns, not only small towns, but individual towns and cities and do a lot of picture books throughout the country. So uh, when I... When they accepted my proposal, they gave me explicit details on how to put the book together, including number of words that were allowed with each picture. It was a tremendous learning lesson and a wonderful place to start. And the other thing that followed up on that, because I thought, well, it's one book and I'm done. But uh, I held a, a ghost walk for my town and my business group as a uh, fundraiser for us. And I had people come in afterwards and ask me for something to take home. Uh, something about the stories that they heard at these individual homes that were haunted. So that put me together with the idea of, of writing a book. And that's what I did. I wrote a book and I self-published it through Booklocker. It was a slender little volume, but it's the one that really started me writing and learning and it's been it's been writing 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 ever since and I can't get enough of it it's like I'm trying to get 
my first 50 years all into the second half of my life. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. I've got uh, more than 50 years of life in me that <laughs> I wonder how much I'm going to write about or how much is going to be found after I'm gone. So maybe I need to speak it in my words before somebody else turns them around. <laughs> <Something Yes. else. laughs> and I'm constantly encouraging, in particular, women to write their stories. I say in particular women because women of my generation have been held back so much and we really need their stories. And I haven't written all of my stories. I've only written some of them and released certain parts of my life. But that's still on the bucket list to do. Right. There's so much to write about. People Indeed. say, yeah, what do you write about? You just look around you. There's always something to write about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's kind of funny. I, I wrote about an observation one day. I was at a coffee shop. I observed somebody writing and their their feet were going just a you know, mile a minute and they had flip-flops on. So I wrote a poem about it and it just got published. I'm like, that was just a fun observation. So yeah, you can find <laughs> things to write yes. about anywhere. <laughs> yes. It, it's surprising how something put together in a in a few moments sometimes mm -hmm. and get picked up by someone who thought it was unique and published yeah, it. Absolutely. That's, that's what happened to me with the pandemic blues that was just at the Kirby Theater. I never, never in my wildest dream expected that to be picked up and placed on stage. Uh, it was something I had less than 24 hours to write and a friend had sent me notice and encouraged me to write something for, for the pandemic. So I did, I just put it together without a lot of deep thinking. And lo and behold, I got a, a, an email from the director, Fred Motley, and said that, you know, gonna use your piece and gonna open up the show with it. It's, oh my mm -hmm. God, oh my God, I can hardly believe that. <laughs> and I'm still thrilled, I'm still walking yeah. on air over that. But it's, you know, life surprises. Yeah, I, I watched it last night and I was like, wow, I mean, I did not know you wrote the first piece. You may have told me that and I didn't it didn't register with me, but when I heard it I thought, This is Arlene. Really? Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> that <laughs> it, did a good job. Really, she was good. Yeah, well, you gave her the words too. And yeah. I mean she carried it well. And but but when I heard those words, I'm like, Yeah, this is definitely Arlene talking. This is guys. It's wonderful to hear when somebody yeah. recognizes you by through your words. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Well, it's it's really really nice um performance that, that they put together there. And I did not know you only had twenty four hours. I would not have known that. I thought, man, it must have taken her a good while to write this beautiful piece. So wow. <laughs> it's just one of those rare pieces when everything flows. Which happens yeah. sometimes. You know, sometimes I struggle, and I and I go back later, a month later, and a year later, and still refine what I've written. But sometimes it just flows, and it just comes. Meant to be, yeah. I think. Sometimes it's meant to yeah. be. Mm. Yeah. Something my mother always said: things happen as they're meant to. So, I'm, yes, I'm learning that's more true every day. Yes. <laughs> Well, what kind of uh, projects do you have coming up in the future? Are you working on something now? <clears throat> well, I'm back to my leading my two writing groups in live in person. Uh, we meet and we wear masks and we 
are socially distanced. Um, and the what if came out of the one of the writing groups and the other writing group, we decided yesterday that we're going to do an anthology for them also. So starting in January, I'll be doing a an anthology for that writing group. And also I will do a new anthology that will be open to the public, which is similar to what it is to be a woman, but I'll have a different subject, oh. which I can't reveal yet. I, I okay. won't know until I absolutely send out the notice for sure what mm -hmm. the prompt is going to be, but I'm pretty sure I know. Okay, well, I'll look forward to it. I'll be watching for it. Thank you. So, so tell us about what if. Um, I, I read your section and I read some of the others so far, but you tell us about what if. What if came was a writing prompt for the writing group, and I picked it up from somewhere, oh, from a poem that I read somewhere and the gal had written about what if so i choose that as a, a prompt and when i when we wrote about it in the group which is only uh, six seven of us and uh they said let's do that as a prompt for the book so it really was a joint uh decision and there's so much to that when i wrote when i threw out the prompt i had two weeks to write about it and i barely came up with a poem because I don't live by those words. What if I'm one of those crazy people that just leaps in and does things. Because if I stopped and thought about it and thought about what if that decision was, I wouldn't do it. I would stay home, I guess, and stay safe or whatever. So I, I barely wrote a poem about it. And then since then, uh the the words have come up into my life and there were so many different ways that what if was coming at me what if i had made decisions differently when i was young what if i wasn't pushed into an early marriage you know it, in my early days my generation of women very often were expected to get married as soon as they were out of high school well my mother kind of fell in love with a man that came into our lives and uh, felt that he was the perfect husband for me. It's one of the things she was wrong about, <laughs> but uh, but it's part of my life lessons. And I thought, what if I had not, what if I'd known I had choices to make like the young women do today? They, I think most young girls know that with perseverance, they can do almost anything they want with their lives. So that's, uh, so I'm still writing. I, I wrote a what if poem after this has been published. Oh, and, wow. And, yeah, and it's one of the subjects that it, you can just, I'll probably feed off of that for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and reading it, I asked myself the question and I'm like, you know, I can really relate to the things I start reading in this book. I'm like, yeah, what if I had, yeah. you know, gone into the Peace Corps when I thought about it, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a um, maudlin piece or anything to be sorry about. It's just mm -hmm. the idea that things would have been different and uh, not necessarily even better, but just right. different. Right. Know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know sometimes I'll look on the internet to see, you know, what old friends are doing now and that, and seeing if some of them are 
haven't even you know, made it in this world. They moved on to the other life. But yeah, it's 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 interesting when you start asking those questions. So, are you going to read to us some poetry today from your book? I'd be delighted to. Okay, great. And and I'll read. And I did several poems of uh, what if. So the first one I came up with is what I suggested is. What if, what if our words I've never lived by, never allowed to enter decision-making, adventures come to mind, I would have missed if I had asked myself, what if? What if mistakes made became lessons, unplanned events were exciting, smart decisions made without knowing were the right ones after all? What if? My thinking process sets in, not always a good thing. Overthinking dulls me. Ego butts in its nose, reminds me of the dark side that creeps in. What if? What if one day I invited my friends to join me in an escapade? No, expressions showed instantly, without thought, hesitations followed by gross fear, what if? It boldly moved me across their eyes, yet I knew they would wait to see my end result while safely holding on to what if. So my, okay. some of my friends were not as bold about life as I was, but rather <laughs> sit back and watch someone else, and that's okay too, it seems yeah. to be for them. Yeah, that was the choice that they made. Yes, I like that. Makes you think. Something that was a major encouragement to me in my writing life was inspired by the IWWG. Mm -hmm. That's the International Women's Writing Guild. Uh, there was a uh, a fellow in my small town who asked me if he could hold a writing group in my bookshop after we closed at night, because mm -hmm. I was in the center of town and I lived behind my shop, and I said sure. And he kept asking me, of course, to join his group. And I kept saying, no, I was a writer at the time. I tried so many times. And one of the, the gals that belonged to that group kept after me until I joined them. And then she nagged me to join the International Women's Writers Guild. And then she nagged me to go to their conference one year. And I, I said, no way, go on vacation with 500 women. I, that wasn't my idea of vacation. <laughs> Well, I went that first time and I was so overwhelmed that I went for 10 years straight. Wow. It, it became a focal point in my life. And they, the women I met came from all walks of life, all kinds of backgrounds. And it was, uh, it was just a life-changing decision that I made. Mm -hmm. Another one of those, what if, if I had thought about it, I probably wouldn't have gone. I didn't think it was for me. Mm -hmm. But this is inspired by the IWWG. Okay. Early days before the explosion of words for me. Classes at Skidmore College every August moved to June for 10 years straight. Annual conference, 500 women gathered. International Women's Writing Guild. My first college campus living. I loved it. Breathed writing. I bathed in words every day. 
dreamed of letters each night. So many classes offered each day, which to take, which to take. Tough choices, poetry, memoirs, writing fiction, plays, scripts, interviewing local histories. Creative teachers abounded. Beautiful poetic Judy Beach. Ekphrasic poet Marge Hahn guided, led, leased my mind, teased my mind, woke my senses, sparked ideas, new words, new ways, new life. Of course, those two teachers are the two that really led me into poetry. Mm -hmm. uh, it was my first adult experience with poetry, and they just, there were different ways to approach poetry. They were just wonderful, wonderful instructors. All right. Wow, that's that's really nice. Is this still going on? Yes. The woman who originated this, uh, Hannah Laura Hahn, I think she's passed away. But she she turned over the uh, turned over the the, the whole group of the IWWG to a new group to handle. Uh, Hannah's up there in years now, and they lost their home at Skidmore College in upstate New York. So now they have relocated, and the last time I went, it was in Pennsylvania. But they're still very active, and they're very active online now, of course. It's a good group. Wow. I, I met women from all over the world that, that came, including Africa. Uh, there were a couple of women that came from Africa. So there was so much more than even just writing classes. There was bonding with other women and mm -hmm. experiencing learning what other people, other women have experienced. It was tremendous right. lessons. Wow. And I have 10 years of photographs and don't know what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know. Look at them and be inspired to write something from them. I'm not sure. I know what stood out to me was actually, and I'm I'm not going to ask you to read it because it's you know be kind of a lot of reading before you'd have to do. But the, the, if someone picks up what if, they need to read even more what if, and about you know growing with you were talking about the outfit that you wore with the the shirt with the snaps and that, and it, I remember those shirts. I remember those those clothes and and that, and it did bring back. Um, memories, you know, of yes. childhood. So I definitely would encourage people to to read that essay. Uh, do you have any other poetry you'd like to share today? I have one that is my absolute favorite, even now. And I, I wrote this in 2009, but it's my absolute favorite. And I, I, it's like I carry it within me all the time. Do we have time to read it? Yes, absolutely. It's called Italy. And it, of course, is about my how I felt and what I saw when I went to Italy, which I returned a couple of times. It was inspired by David White, who's a very popular poet, and his poem about Ireland, which called Dun Agus. And when you go, try to go before the season. When tourists fill every space, they take the soul of place away. See Italy as its people have from centuries ago to the present. Join them with colorful pottery pitchers of wine on each table, alongside baskets of bread still warm with a scent of hot oven baking still floating 
out from the kitchen to your table, to your nose, to your appetite. Walk the narrow cobbled streets where the clatter of horses' hooves fill your ears, even though that time is a long way past. Throw open a casement window in your castle bedroom to sweep your eyes over the clay-tiled roofs to the mountains in the distance. The mountains that pierce the clouds as you do, driving down the mountain, the road carrying you through the clouds slowly so the experience lays on your shoulders and embeds itself into your pores and your mouth and your brain. Soak in sounds of the squeeze box. A strolling soprano sings with all his being as you stroll along the canals of Venice, holding hands most sensuously, not ignoring strangers, but saving them for the trattoria, where everyone shares a moment or an announced event, and they will cheer your good news. Drink in the crisp, clear water spouting out of the mountain like champagne surging from a wedding fountain. Place a small offering in the roadside box with the Madonna on it. Even though you aren't Catholic, never will be, and don't believe in all that stuff. Do it anyway. Be Italian while you're here. Drive along the Costera Azore, not falling off the mountain into the azure blue water like you expect to do at the next sharp turn where you meet a bus coming the other way. Italians have been driving this road for centuries and do fall off crashing onto the rocks below, but you won't. You'll have too much to take home to hold on to when there are only memories to make you smile with that inner glow that you once lived with a joyful heart in Italy. I guess you could tell that I loved being in Italy. It was a yes. wonderful, wonderful experience. I really enjoyed it. Are you of Italian heritage? No, not at all. But at I all. grew up. I grew up with the right outside the Italian neighborhood in Trenton. Uh, and all my girlfriends and friends were Italian. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, very much a part of my life. Their foods, their ways, mm -hmm. and just the charm. And of course, my my last husband was Italian. Okay. Yes, and I feel that every woman should have an experience like that. <laughs> he, was, he was quite romantic. Ah, that's another book of poetry, I'd say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, hmm. Might inspire an idea for another anthology. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. So that that's that's a beautiful beautiful poem. It makes me want to go there. Um, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it reveals, I think, some of the experiences that I had while I was there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, I, and I also very strongly advise people to leave the bus group, you know, forget about the tour. Just get in the car and go by yourself. Mm -hmm. People are wonderful when you're, when, you know, nothing, I've never had anything bad happen to me. I mean, as much as I've traveled, if something went away, like one time I fell down the concrete steps, there was somebody there to help me. I, people are wonderful. They really are. Yeah, they really are. I found that experience in New York. You know, people were so scared about the big city. People yes. are very helpful. Yes. Yes. 
I, when I had my bookshop, I also had a gift shop. And I often went to New York alone uh, to buy jewelry for my gift shop. And people were astounded. They, oh my God, you go to New York City by yourself? I said, there's millions of people that live in New York City and if it was an awful place, they would not live there. And it was just, it was another, that was another adventure, going to the wholesale district, uh, the jewelry district on Broadway. I would walk down the street and hear all these different languages being spoken. Yeah. And people were getting along, you know, people from the Middle East speaking different languages and uh, they didn't have any problems without the heads of state, I guess. Mm -hmm. It was a whole different experience, but I really enjoyed that, listening to yeah. that, uh, being in touch yeah. with people like each other, right. regardless. Exactly. I was there for six weeks when I was a college student. I did my practicum there, and I lived in Manhattan, and then I commuted out to Little Neck, and I, I should write stories about my experiences. They were all positive. You know, I only nice. had one one time I was scared and nothing happened to me. So we have to get past those biases so we can experience life. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And don't allow other person other people's unhappiness affect us or their experience affect us in a negative way. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Arlene, is there anything else that I haven't asked you about that you would like to share? Uh, I think we've covered quite a bit. Okay. Yes, I've certainly enjoyed being here. Thank you so much. I well, love to talk you. about writing anytime. <laughs> well, thank yes. you so much for, for being on the podcast, and you have a wonderful rest of your day. No doubt you'll probably be writing. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Lisa. It's always good to talk with you. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. Would you like to be on our podcast? All you have to do is send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com. And I'll be glad to take a look and have a discussion with you about being on the podcast. Thank you so much and you have a beautiful rest of your day. to be a part of the Heartbeats Anthology, send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com and in the subject line put Heartbeats and I'll be glad to send you the information. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.
Thank you.